We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, it's Vlad Harris with our Panther Ranch podcast. Happy Friday, you guys. We're almost at the end of March, which is crazy, but, you know, we'll be in April, and I'm sure the weather is going to get better. I know here in Houston, we're going to get with the 100-degree weather eventually. That's going to be, I'm looking at the temperature, let's say it's going to be 80, in the 80s all this week coming up. You know, the pollen obviously has kicked in here, so I'm sure eventually you guys will be doing that same thing too up in the Northeast with all, you know, with uh, with the pollen and your cars being green and loading up on Flonase and Claritin and whatnot. But, uh, you know, I looked at the weather for Pittsburgh and it's, you, know, you guys going to be in a mixture, it's going to be a mixture of 40s, 50s, 60 degree weather you're going to have. And I guess it's better than nothing for right now. And, you know, I, I, it's amazing. You know, when you look at the weather, you know, back in the day when you were back in the day before smartphones, you just stuck your hand out the window or the uh, door and you, knew, you already knew what kind of day it was going to be. Whereas now you have the weather app and you can just check on your phone now. But the, but the thing I've noticed is a lot of times the app itself is very misleading. It'll tell you it'll be like 70 degrees today, but it may get up to 50 or whatever. So I always recommend sticking to the old-fashioned method with the hand out the, out the door or out the window. Because, you know, you, you'll know it's cold, but you'll know what, you always know what kind of day it's going to be. You're like, oh, yeah, it's going to be cold today. Oh, you know, it's cold, but it's, it's, it feels like it's going to be warm. It's going to get warm. I mean, there's just a lot of analytical stuff you can do, you know, just by doing that. Anyways, Pitt, uh, Pitt Hoops is adding Robert Morris next year for basketball to their schedule. They're going to play in Robert Morris's new UPMC sports complex and, you know, it's a multi, you know, it's a multifunctional center with a whole bunch of stuff. And and it is a 4,000 seat basketball arena that they're putting in. And, you know, it's good for Robert Morris. And, you know, they obviously need, need, a, new co- need a new court. I mean, it's not big, but, you know, their fan base isn't big either. But fourth, I mean, that's a beautiful court and it's going to help recruiting. And I'm sure if it, the facilities are going to be a lot better as well. So you know, good for you know, good for Bobby Mo. You know, some you know, I know some people. I know some people get obsessed with the, uh, the the arena size, but you know, Penn State has a big ass arena with the BJC, and they don't do dick for basketball. So 
I mean, you know, Gonzaga has a small base, but you know, look look what Gonzaga has done every year since nineteen ninety eight, ninety nine. I mean, that's just phenomenal. I mean, Cameron Doors, seven. I mean, there's seventy thousand Cameron Door, I think. So size isn't everything, in terms of you know college hoops. It's the motion of the ocean. Whereas you get in the, whereas you get a college football, it's a little different. You know, it's a whole. You get some fans that just get this whole penis envy type thing with with crowd size. So we got a hundred thousand for our game. We're we're taking thirty to our bowl game, and I mean. Yeah, you know, that used to mean something, but now with the playoff and stuff, it's especially with traveling the bowl games. Nobody, you know, now we have, we have the college playoff. Nobody really gives a shit how many how many you're taking the bowl games or what bowl game you won. Nobody, no, no one cares now because it's all about the freaking playoff. Which kind of sucks in some ways, but for me as a Pitt fan, I don't, you know, for me, I don't care now because you know. Oh, you won a Capital One Bowl. That's great. I don't care. Oh, you won the Alamo Bowl. Oh, that's awesome. You took 30,000 fans. Good for you. Good for you guys. And what did you get with that? um, Oh, you got a trophy. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Nobody gives a fuck about the Alamo Bowl or the Capital One or whatnot. You know, I mean, obviously the BCS was a braggable thing because you could say, well, you know, we played the Fiesta Bowl, BCS. That was great. Now with the playoff, you just can't do that no more. I mean, you can't go, well, we, we play in the Group of Five Bowl. Yeah, that's the Group of Five. It's, it's, okay, good. You, you, you got to – it's like, you got, it's like okay, it's saying you didn't make the playoff, but here, have this – here's this awesome bowl game. It just, yeah, the playoffs pretty much took away a lot of meaning for a lot of that stuff. I mean, sure, maybe it helps with your recruiting, but to what degree, I mean, hard to say. But getting back on the subject, you know, they stopped playing a few years back. I think after maybe 2011, I think they stopped playing. Yeah, it was one of the many, it was one of the, you know, the two rivalries that, you know, that uh, was discontinued under Jamie Dixon, and it was this one, the backyard brawl. Kevin Stallings brought back the backyard brawl, so now he played West Virginia now. And you know, we brought back Robert Morris, which is good. We should, I mean, which gets to my next thing. Pitt obviously, Pitt had a Pitt has run to a scheduling snafu with hoops. And they not they're not gonna play Robert not Robert Morris, they're not gonna play Duquesne next year, which is there's no C game all next year. And at one point supposedly, you know, pet you know, you know, PGH Sports Now Yeah, you know, they reported supposedly there was no agreement. You know, the 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 continue the series, which was kind of odd and they do have an agreement now, but it's they're not gonna play again for for another year. So you know, I just read an article this morning about Alan Saunders of uh, the PGA Sports Now. You know, he wrote a nice he wrote a nice article about it about the whole thing. And he just you know he see he understands the uh, the scheduling crap, but you know Pitt has to you know Pitt's obviously going to play more conference games supposedly, but they have you know an invitational coming up and 
whole bunch of other stuff. And Duquesne has her scheduling issues too. But, you know, he said it's unacceptable. This game should be played no matter what. They should, they should find a way. And you hope they do. And, you know, the game should be played every year no matter what. Pitch your pitch your play of Duquesne, Robert Morris, and West Virginia. I would like to say they should play Penn State too, but Penn State doesn't want to play some hoops for a reason. You know, they, I, in fact, Penn State has a hard, you know other than like Olympic sports, Penn State doesn't really you know they're not crazy about playing us in the revenue sports like hoop like basket like like college hoops and football these days. Football, that's another another story for another day. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of bummed there will be no SEA game next year because it's a, you know, it's a great, it's always a great game to look forward to. And, uh, you know, Duquesne loves it as well. And rivalries are good for college, college, you know, for college sports. You know, if you stop playing the people that hate you, it can get boring sometimes. It takes away all that luster. You gotta have people. You get in college, in college athletics. You gotta have you know other programs that hate you. It makes it, you know makes it all worthwhile. So, let's hope that they, um, you know, they get to some sort of agreement. You know, play. I mean, play the game somewhere. Just play play it in some random park. I don't. I don't care. Just play the game. But um, hopefully in the future they avoid stuff like this. I know it's different, but yeah. So anyways, guys, other local Pittsburgh stuff, you know, the media, the, the, the local media has been in a war with the national media over the Levy on Belly B stuff. And I said in the last podcast that, you know, you're not going to change people's opinions and, their, and, and whatnot and... The national media has their own narratives, and they're doing stuff that sells for clicks and likes and whatnot. And this is why you get, you know, these survey. This is why the media itself, the, the people actually do the writing, do the actual objective stuff, get pissed off when they uh, have to hear surveys about how how the average U.S. citizen doesn't really um, doesn't think much of the media and that they're always pandering us, pandering us something. I believe that was a survey not too long ago about that, or, or pandering our sources or something like that. And um, a lot of people took objection to it. And, you know, stuff like this is why, you know, people get mad about this. Average people get mad about this. And, you know, Le'Veon Bell obviously was did, did an interview about the whole thing. And supposedly he wanted to play in week one. And he wanted to accept the deal and he wanted to play. And something obviously changed. And in the interview, obviously, he talks and he babbles and talks in circles. And obviously piggybacks off the Antonio Brown narrative about Ben Roethlisberger and and pretty much what they're doing is now is they're, th- they're just throwing their quarterback under the bus. And, yeah, I mean, Ben has a, supposedly has a reputation for being a dickhead, and he was one even before all this. You know, obviously Ben's blameless but in this, but he's pretty much been a, um, a convenient person for him to throw under the bus over it. 
and you know, we can analyze a lot why. And they're saying he has an owner's mentality. I mean, in what way does he have an owner's mentality? I mean, does he... If he's holding you accountable, that's not an owner's mentality. That's more of a, you know, your boss, a lead. That's what leaders do. They hold you accountable for stuff. Maybe Ben had a shitty way of doing it through his, you know, through TV shows and his radio shows, whatever. I mean, if you have accountability issues with guys, you've got to do it in-house, have meetings, talk to them. So, and of course... You know, the, the local me had some issues with Love and Bell's store, and they were, saying, you know, tweeting at him. And and basically doing that stuff is just a waste of time with these guys because all they're doing is it's bait. They're throwing bait out there for, for them, and all they're doing is they're taking whatever words are being thrown at them, they're twisting it to, their, to, fit, their, to fit with their, their narrative. I think in the end what happened with Levy and Bell is this. He wanted to, he wanted to accept his deal... His agent gave him bad advice, and now look at him. I mean, he still got paid, but if he would have actually, I don't know, listened to the, you know, maybe read the fine print, he would have been, he would have got paid a lot more. And people always keep saying, well, he got 30, you know, 33 million guaranteed in the 15 million or 14 million he would have got lashed with his franchise tag. He profited. And what these morons fail to forget is before the franchise tag, the Steelers offered him a, a lot bigger deal than that. But of course, people don't research or read or whatnot on, on Twitter. They just take whatever people throw at them. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. In the end, at the end of the day, he got what he wanted and he's happy. And life goes on. But it seems like he got some bad advice from his agent and his. Personally, I would fire his agent. <laughs> but, you know, that's just me. All right, March Madness started this week. Yeah, yesterday, actually, started. And, you know, I'm working from home today, so I'm going to try to flip it on. If hopefully, if I'm not getting blown up with tickets here, you know, I was up late working a, uh, a slowness issue with our, our stuff, and that sucks. But as far as the games go, well, first of all, let's look at... Um, Auburn and New Mexico State, the 12-5 matchup. I had Auburn winning this one, but Bruce Pearl, obviously, and his team was finding every convenient way to, to blow this game. And, and of course, New Mexico State had a chance to tie it at the end. And what happened? The guy um, from New Mexico State drives, drives the ball down the lane. I mean, he had his guy beat. He goes in for the layup, it looks like. Looks like, looks like we're about having a tie game. But at the last minute, he kicks the ball out for a three. And the guy obviously got fouled. And and I think he ended up just shooting two, I think. If I, if, you know, depending on the highlights. And, of course, or maybe he shot the three. It was, he was fouled shooting a three, but... Only made one. He only made one free throw, I think, and Auburn survived. And the weird thing about it is, all they needed was a two. And even the final possession, when it was with one point one seconds left, all they needed was a two as well. But he kicked it out to an open. They set up for an open three, which I thought was odd. I thought they should, with one point one seconds left. 
I would have got the ball inside and try to draw a foul or something. But then again, I'm not a coach. Maybe that doesn't work. But the guy, the guy's three was, the guy had a wide open three and he airballed it. But I mean, that just, I don't know why he kicked off for a three out. The guy just, I don't know if the guy was really thinking. And, you know, that's what, you know, some people have told me, you know, that uh, they coach basketball, what they don't like about the Golden State Warriors is they, um, they got everybody wanting to shoot three-pointers now. Whereas, you know, the mid-range jumper or driving in a hole has just become, I guess, I don't know, boring. I mean, I see it a lot, you know, being in Houston, I see a lot with the three points. I mean, the Rockets love to shoot threes, and of course they brick 27 three-pointers in Game 7 to lose to the Warriors. They have, I mean, the Rockets still blame the officials for rigging that game for the Warriors, but it's hard to make that assumption when you uh, miss 27 three-pointers you know, three when you could have, you know, if you would have just converted them to twos, maybe you're actually playing you know, LeBron in the finals. But the game seven, you know, wasn't a surprise. Them losing those last two didn't surprise me, especially that Chris Paul got hurt because he was he was the leader on that floor. No matter what people you know say about Harden, but um, Paul was more of a leader, and they needed that. That's that's why they got him in the first place because they knew <laughs> they weren't going to get any further with just James Harden. And I think really what. The loss that really upset me the most out of that series was game one because Houston had a chance to, you know, set the tone early. And they just came out flat. And once Golden State won that first game, you knew that it was going to be a long series. And then uh, once Paul got hurt, that was it. They were done. But uh, from a pit perspective, we all remember Nas, Nazir Robinson when he, um, let's see, when Gilbert Brown missed the uh, second free throw attempt at the end of the Butler game, yeah, Gilbert Brown tied it, and we had a chance to, to to win the game if he made it. And for some reason, his form on the th- on the free throw wasn't wasn't good, and it bricked out. And Matt Howard got the rebound, and of course, Howard who loved who loved the flop, this time didn't because Nazir Robinson did the work for him. Nazir Robinson grabbed his freaking arm and drew a foul. And now, if you rewatch that game, the referees were calling a little, a lot of tic tac stuff, and especially Gilbert Brown's foul as well. It was pre, it was pre tic tac itself, but the guy ran into him. You know, they were going for the ball. Brown had it, and he ran into him. So of course, you call a foul. A lot of times, you know, in those situations, you let him play. But yeah, the refs were just calling everything. And, yeah, the Nazir Robinson one was a dumb one, but I think you know I think now he can breathe because there's somebody that did something a lot more dumber than he than he did. I mean, it wasn't totally all Nazir Robinson's fault. I mean, that second free throw, Jamie Dixon should have had his guys away from away from there, And of course, you know Jamie could have taken some sort of accountability for it, but he didn't, and he just left Nazir Robinson hung out the dry. I mean, he really didn't come to the guy's defense as much, 
or you know say hey it's all me but and if anything, that really was what set the tone for next year's when they went to the CBI. You know, Jimmy had a um, personality conflict with his players, and there was a lot of imbalance going on. And you know, and then on top of that, you had Ken Birch leaving. And yeah, you know, that was pretty much you know the beginning of the end. But anyways. Look at the rest of the rest of the teams. Um, LSU barely beat Yale, and everybody had Yale winning that one for some reason. I don't know why. Florida State beat Vermont. Minnesota beat Louisville, and I wasn't surprised by that. People were saying, you know, that um, Patino is probably dancing with joy over this, and I don't see why Rick Patino would be. Maybe because his son, you know, Richard, you know, won the game, but um, Louisville is a mess because of Rick Pitino right now. And so, you know, with Chris Mack, they have some, they have a long road ahead and I'm, they'll eventually get there with some good recruiting because he's a hell of a recruiter and a hell of a coach. Michigan State beats Bradley. Bradley, as you know, had some issues. I guess supposedly they banned some reporter from covering them because of the negativity and it happens. I mean, you know, like especially in Houston, Tom Herman stopped going on six ten radio because um, they were always reporting negative stuff about the Cougars, and he stopped going on and making appearances with them because because of that. Mary State Hammers Marquette, and you know, I mean, I picked the Mary State to win that game, and I just wasn't crazy about Marquette and. I had you know Villanova losing the St. Mary's because I figured the Gals were were playing. I thought you know this was one of those games where you know after a championship season, I think Villanova loses in the opening round, but they 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 won it. It was barely. St. Mary's gave them a hell of a game. Wofford swallowed Seton Hall, and I had Seton Hall winning that one, and just wild. And, and I had Syracuse being Baylor, and they lost the you know then. Baylor won. I mean, uh, I figured Syracuse would give them uh, fits with their zone, but Syracuse, you know, lost some key, lost the key piece, and that was that. But the Big Ten out in the opening on the opening day was five and zero, and you know, Big Ten was actually a pretty deep conference this year, and I, you know, you can, you know, you know, Penn State, all, you know, to their credit, Pat Chambers sucks as a coach, but. They have a very talented team, and they want they they want some games down the stretch. So yeah, it's a deep league. So I have let's see, Michigan State going to the Final Four. I mean, you could you could easily have a Michigan Michigan State Final Four. I mean, the pay how things go. But uh, we've got some games today. You know, Iowa Cincinnati is playing. UVA plays Gardner Webb. That's a big one because obviously UVA lost, you know, as a one seed lost to a uh, to a sixteen seed. Tennessee's playing today against Colgate. Buffalo and Arizona State should be a good one because you know Nate Oates is a hell of a coach and he's going against Bobby Effing Hurley. But uh, other than that, uh, let's see, you know, obviously Houston, you and uh, North Carolina's playing. There's not really much, you know, many games that stand out at this point, but I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I did all my, I made sure all my brackets were done.
So I'm looking forward to it. So closing out, we got... It was reported that, uh, let's see, that Colin Kaepernick, uh, his, him and his deal that the Eric Reed got for the uh, settlement was less than $10 million. You know, I actually thought that um, they got more than that. And they may have, but supposedly, but from what, the, what I've been reading is that the, from, from reading it, that seems that the, <clears throat> Kaepernick's camp was uh, gloating a little bit too much over the uh, settlement as if they you know, broke the bank, and which led to this uh, number being leaked out that, um, that they only got $10 million. They really got 10, next to nothing out of it because... Ten million between Kaepernick and Eric, Eric Reed, and of course you factor in lawyers, lawyer fees, and well, there you go. It's a lot less. So, um, yeah. And obviously Kaepernick's trying to find a job now, and he's trying to. Um, he likes the Miami job, but the thing about that was, as you guys remember, when he was down there. He wore a shirt with Malcolm X and Fidel Castro on it, and he tried to pass it off as a shirt. It was a shirt by Malcolm X, which, you know, I, I can understand him trying to do that, but it had Castro on it. And, they, you know, obviously they were being buddy buddies in, the, in, in, this, in this shirt that he had. And, yeah, I felt, you know, that type of thing you shouldn't really wear in Miami. And,. People took objections to it, and I think there was a media person who, right, who you know, he's a reporter in Miami, and he went after Kaepernick about it. And Kaepernick's responses were pretty tone deaf and robotic. I don't think he was really getting what you know this person was talking about, and which to me is probably one of the reasons why you don't see you know Kaepernick in, in talking to me as much and he he spends more of his time on social media doing his communications because I think it um it's probably a good idea but I thought Kaepernick's deal would have been more what I what I thought was when 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 the when the AAF um was Approaching him for a position, and supposedly he wanted twenty million to play in the play in the AF. And I figured that I figured that was the the money he the amount he got because I thought you know because the next day after that story leaked is when they settled. You know, th- I think it was like Thursday. The story came, Wednesday or Thursday. The story came out that Kaepernick won twenty million to play in the AF, and then Friday it came out that they settled, and I thought to me. I figured maybe he threw that number out there, and then the NFL said, "Okay, he wants twenty million, so let's give him twenty million to settle this and move on, with, move on with our lives." That's an issue. What I thought, and maybe who knows? Maybe he got, maybe he got twenty million, but you know, the dollar amount, everything about this case will always be debated, no matter what. Everybody has a source of what of what happened. Everybody has a source or opinion, and you're not. And opinions, obviously, you're not going to convince them otherwise. So it's just a waste of time. And just like this thing is, and there's no doubt the guy should still be playing in the league. And hopefully, he finds a, he finds something soon. He you know it's been two years. He should he sure have something. So 
there's talk that he's turned down a whole bunch of positions, and I don't, you know, I don't know for a fact, and and if he if he has been, I'm wondering what's wrong with him, but I have no idea. But otherwise, I hope you find something soon. Anyways, guys, I'm gonna finish up here. You guys have a great weekend. Watch some hoops. And some hockey because, you know, that's going on. And, of course, the NBA playoffs, you know, right around the corner. I mean, we got about maybe a lot of these teams have 11 or 11, 10 or 12 games left. And, hey, we're coming up on that. And it looks pretty, you know, it's looking pretty good. I mean, obviously the Lakers are going to be out of it. and So I'm sure LeBron's camp's got some work to do in the offseason. But anyways, guys, hell to pit. Talk to you later. Bye.